Bigger than cakes. Give me some more silence. And welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Angela, and this week I am joined by Matt and Will. Hello. Hi, Angela. Hi, Angela. Hello. <laughs> so, how, how are we all? Doing very well. Good. Yeah, like, things, things, things are cool at the moment. I got to read a very cool book, like, that someone who shall remain unnamed has told has been telling me about forever and i'm just dumb and didn't read it until like very recently i hope they're to create create a podcast just to make you to read it yeah basically yeah i had to i had to strong arm zach into having it on the podcast and having it at manchester comic book club um but i feel genuinely grateful that you did yeah i feel like you've learned something there matt which is trust me i generally trust you like we have different but like similarly interesting comic tastes true like, that i i i generally will go like angela likes this it's it's probably really good but then the, the then the question becomes it's probably really good do i feel like reading a good comic <laughs> or do i feel like reading some sort of weird comic that only i care about do you know, I think um, that might be quite interesting one day is to do our like Venn diagrams. Yeah. Where yeah. our crossovers are and where our like unique tastes, I'm going to put them lightly, might lie. I think that would be quite yeah. uh, enlightening. I those mean, comics I, where you're all wrong and I'm right, those, those sort of situations. Rare, <laughs> rare occasions. <laughs> I, th- I think we can all agree, though, that Sad Robots is an area on that Venn diagram that probably does overlap. With most that of probably those, needs I to think. be dead centre. Yeah, Sad yeah. Robots, I think, dead centre, and everything else blooms from there, <laughs> as yeah. is natural. Because, Will, you, just, you, you do, like, sad things, and, like... Robots are pretty cool. Generally, the aesthetic of of like science fiction just yes. just hits my buttons. Like robots, huge spaceships, alien technologies, like just the the look of it. And when you've got a a, a medium which is both story and visual, you make it look super cool. And then that's mm. half the battle. <laughs> and also misery. And also the misery. Adding a spoonful of misery helps the misery go down yeah that famous phrase but we did and we did um come up with something that we think we both that, that, that you and i would actually like to do an episode on we uh, did yes that i think will be interesting when uh when we get to it yes that'll be a we'll, good one we'll, we'll keep that quiet for yeah. all the people <laughs> at home there you go there's an incentive for you to yeah, keep little... listening yeah, what what will we actually? What do we both care about? That's what? not like nineties Archer and Armstrong. <laughs> I maintain nineties Archer and Armstrong is excellent, excellent comics in a way. Yeah, um, it's very much 
Very much like from a certain point, from a certain yeah. point of view. It Imagine is. if somebody said to you, "This dinner's delicious," in a way. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake. I mean, praise. you have you have to take it within its historical context because yeah, sure. the '90s were a time um, in comics, in particular, that was a little bit. How should we put it? Awful. Yes. I mean, you <laughs> know, hey, we got Hellboy. That's true. Now, not every corner of the 90s is dreadful, you're right. No. A significant proportion. <laughs> but the art, like 90s Archie Armstrong does have very good art. Yes, it does. But we know uh, why that is. Yes. But yeah, so um, what, have, what have you all been up to? Sleeping. <laughs> yeah, that's Sleeping that actually... After- after moving a library, I've not done a lot. That basically ate all my energy. So I'm in energy deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I just need to charge it back up. There's a robot metaphor for you. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on brand. <laughs> uh, how about you, Will? Uh, I've been trying to catch up on a bit of video game backlog. You know, oh, I've yeah. kind of bought too many. And I feel guilty about buying more without completing the ones that I've like bought and and played a lot of but i wants to buy more so i've kind of got to put the work in <laughs> so what are you trying to get through so the main one is hollow knight um, oh god yeah i've still never finished it I'm, I'm in far through but yeah i'm pretty confident i'm in the last like throws now of the game and i've done a lot of the collecting um so i think i'm getting real close to the end of that uh somebody tempted me into playing Fortnite for the first time oh, oh you god. fool now, I I quite like a, a uh, what do you call those type of games? Battle Royale game, yeah. like like PUBG. Uh, yeah. PUBG's been the one I've probably played the most. I don't know if there's kind of a lobbying system, but I've played Fortnite seven times now, and I've won seven times. I think that those a so so from my experience um, of like both write doing some writing about video games and listening to some like very good uh podcasts i do know that they for for a fair while at least when you start will match you against the bots so right i'm sorry i shouldn't be telling you this because i am gonna make you feel bad but yeah they match you against bots so you get some easy wins when you start i can live with that because i was thinking like i this is this can't be right i can't just what kind of walk in here and be the the best player at this level like yes. immediately <laughs> it's just silly because i'm rubbish at PUBG. yeah <laughs> there's yeah. no way those things translate but uh yeah it's fine it's all right yeah yeah like we we you know we all you know i'm trying to think of a nice way to say like i don't care about fortnite but i'm happy for you um <laughs> maybe I mean, it's that's basically actually, it. yeah i don't care about fortnite will I'm happy for you. That's exactly what I was trying to say, and there yeah. it is said. You got it the first time, but yeah. now Hollow Knight's my real. That's the real crown, and finishing that off will be an absolute treat if I ever do it. But. Yeah, I, I, I'm convinced that I, I, I can do it. Some, someday I'll manage it, whenever that may be. Who knows? Um, so, shall we? Uh, begin the uh, discussion of the book indeed so for those of you unfamiliar with sad robots um we are discussing the kill lock does anyone want to pronounce the creator's name i think 
the story and art is by Livio Ramondelli. Yeah, You're, that would be my reading. That would be, yeah. Um, and the letters are by Tom B. Long. Easier. Fun fact. In the um, typeface of the kill log, I thought his name was Livid Ramondelli, which, yeah. Yeah, which would well. have been rad. But that would, Maybe you should use that as a pseudonym. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to read the blurb off the back to start us off. Um the book itself doesn't necessarily follow what you expect, I feel. Um, so, each found guilty of an irredeemable crime, four robots find themselves banished from their homeworld and bound together by the Kill Lock, a programming link that means if one of them dies, they all will. Now, a soldier, an addict, a murderer and a child find themselves forced to protect each other while in search of a cure to survive. There you go. Yeah, and that um, gives it some justice. I'd, I'd say that's that's a reasonable sort of description of the high concept. Yeah. Well, well, like we said, we've done this for the Manchester Comic Book Club. Mm. Yeah. Um. So I read this a little while ago now, and I've sort of reread it for today. And the first thing that struck me, I think, both times is how much I like the art. It's a very, very pretty book. A very, it's quite unique as well. Like it, it, it's very digitized. I think it's probably mostly done on a computer. Would be my guess. But it's just got a certain, I don't know, like a sheen, like a quality to the coloring and to the textures that really, really stand out to me. I think they look great. Yeah, I almost didn't expect to actually like the art as much as I did because sometimes I find this type of digital art to be a little too shiny and to have too much like lens flare almost like too bright like the like you know lighting effects largely angela will know the name who did um the first series of rye in the like oh it's like clayton clayton cows that's right clayton henry clayton cows is a letterer Ah, Clayton Henry. <laughs> his his art is exceptionally digitized, and I think his goes a little bit too far to the point where it becomes muddy and a bit hard to really understand what's going on. Mm. But perhaps down yeah. to the coloring in this, providing the fact that they're all robots and you know they're all kind of made of metal and everything yeah, sort of works. made of metal, nothing nothing blurs into one another. Yeah, it's very good. It is. It. I, that's what I like about it is that it, it, it is robots, so you're already dealing with shiny things, and yet digital art can come off as a little bit shiny, but this isn't. Yeah, the closest it comes to being a little sort of to have that that problem that did this sort of digital art can have sometimes, like with regards to things kind of blending into each other a little bit, is the is the fight scene towards the sort of latter half of the book but even there it's really readable where there are like two robots of like the same sort of general size and shape Mm. um like fight uh fighting against uh one of the other protagonists but yeah even there you can read it like really cleanly yeah i Um, remember that one trouble I remember that particular bit, as, as you mentioned it there, Polly, and I remember thinking, like, this is the one bit of the book I'm just looking at the panel and thinking, I'm not really quite sure what's actually going on here. 
And the fact that it comes down to just one panel in an entire volume is yeah. That's a good that's a good proportion. Good hit rate. Yeah, it is. But yeah, it is just I think the colouring really, really helps though. I Mm. think the colouring really helps set it off. Um he's obviously spent a lot of time thinking about well, he spent a lot of time thinking about this whole book if you read his little blurb at the end where it's just like this is a dream come true to have this as a book. Um but yeah, every aspect of the art, but I really think the colours is really, really thought about what Mm. even like the background colours and the overlay colours, like what are those communicating as well, not just what the figures are doing and it's yeah. It's really good, isn't it? Yeah, it also helps that each of the designs is so different as well with yeah. like all of these very like and and they each have like, like a signature to them whether it be the wraith um like the sort of holy soldier paladin uh type who has like even when he's stood against robots of sort of like similar size and build he has this this light effect going down his face that's like kind of like a like fire coming from within like the slits on like a face helm and like the the laborer has like, like the, has, yeah and like the and yeah. like has has like the most colors of anyone with like having the optimus prime spread of like red blue yellow yeah. um and and eyebrows uh he has robot <laughs> eyebrows he does um the uh, the artisan is just strange to look at with his odd big face and terrifying teeth and then the child or like the unfinished who's just a very different shape and like rounder than the others whilst the the others are all much much sort of squarer or like they have more harsh lines like the child is is like say like round and soft it's, as as yeah. perhaps you would expect a child to be sort of yeah. cuter yeah the it, like each of the designs like yeah just really conveys a lot about the like more than just their jobs but does really convey like their their personalities so here's a question what is your favorite which one is your favorite design wise uh, i mean f- for me it's 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 easy like it's hands down the fucking uber metal wraith just full of <laughs> yeah, chain, like, uh, chains and fiery face every image of him just looking badass there's a bit where they get <laughs> cornered by some like um scavengers and the wraith at this point is being miserable like sat in a cave not wanting to come out and then when they sort of convince him that, well, if one of these scavengers kills the kid, then we all die. And he comes out of the cage and he just stands and it's the first time you see him full size. And he's twice the size of everybody else. He's huge, like shoulder buttresses. His design's just incredible. And yes, I think it character wise, my favorite is the artisan. Like who, he, who's, who isn't? Who isn't? His yeah, he, yeah. 100% an arsehole 100% of the time. And I love every second of it. But purely design-wise, got to be the Wraith. Wraith. I, I, like, I find it much more difficult to say. I like the chunkiness of the labourer a lot. I just imagine, like, I always hear little sounds when he's moving. 
because he's just yeah a he's he's got those cool like pile driver piston arms and looks like he could like if he were a giant robot he his his signature move would be like he would grab you the piston like on the pile driver arm like would would pop back and then just drive forward and like there'd be a spike driven through the enemy and i'm just like yeah i i love a pile bunker um so maybe maybe the laborer but yeah the artisan is really really is, is like so different from the others and there's interesting kind of like in, in terms of design and there's there's story to it as well like and lots of questions about why the artisan class of robots are designed the way they are it's really fascinating and i like i like a design that you know like that raises questions so either i mean the wraith's very cool though basically any of them but i'll I'll say the laborer just so the laborer gets some love that's that's nice because i'm gonna say the artisan because he's just creepy as heck yeah and he's just it, it really does the other i mean all the designs reflect who the characters are but with his it just seems to be just a little bit extra like it's just the fact you've got that one big glowing eye and really sharp teeth and sharp fingers and he just looks like a threat and then just pair that with the the fact that he's a complete and utter arsehole just Mm. yeah but his design works really well i really feel sorry for the child because the child feels the most generic robot of them but that again works to the story it does i got the impression i don't know if you guys agree with me but that everything starts looking like that yeah that's the idea yeah and then and then eventually becomes something so that every yeah sort of child every well i guess i don't know do they just call them finished when they're not (laughs) unfinished but (laughs) every child will have that kind of base genericness of right head arms legs torso done yeah (laughs) like you function and then it's like okay once you you know what you're going to be in life then you you get changed so all the robots start off like the child and then Mm. they find their way and it doesn't always end well for them no but because like axial a character we meet quite late on in the story who is the inventor of the kill lock have we we really describe what the kill lock does. Shall we describe? So basically, yeah. It, it, I know it's, it's in the blurb. But. It's in the blurb, but they all basically go that they're randomly, as far as can be discerned from the small groups that we see in the kill lock that have the kill lock, double kill lock guys, um, kill lock squared. So they're all seem to be picked randomly. Although I will question well, some of that later on, but they are picked and they are put in a little container capsule whatever there's a programming that goes on they end up with a mark um which is beautifully stylized in the title on the front cover um and this mark then is shows that they have the kill lock and what it means is if one of them dies then that causes the others to die by flames shooting out of their eyes often seems to be the way that we see it depicted it's not even a nice way to go. I mean, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to die when someone else dies anyway, but it's a particularly bad way to die when someone else dies. Um, 
But yes, that me, is. Sorry, Angela. Sorry. Go it ahead. Me, it gave me some grim humour where the artisan shows the unfinished what happens to kind of prove how the severity of the kill lock, and they find a group, but there's only three of them, and they find the fourth has sort of abandoned the group. So he kills one of them, and the other two start dying immediately. And then it cuts away to the fourth one, who has like started a new life and found a romance, and yeah, seemingly is quite happy with his new life. Yeah. And then, and then fire comes out of his eyes. <laughs> it doesn't there matter is, how far apart you are. There is so much because not only does that demonstrate how awful the kill lock is, and also what a bastard artisan is. Yeah. But it's also, you know, this is like he's exposing a child to this, um, and the poor unfinished child seems to just be stuck in almost a perpetual innocence but it's an innocence that is tarnished by artisan artisan sort of desperate to get rid of this childhood innocence and make the child or the unfinished useful i think is a phrase he uses at one point like oh you're finally useful and yeah he just seems to push it but because the child is unfinished the child can't ever actually develop into the sort of robots that Artisan but, and the Labour and Wraith are. Yeah. So Artisan's kind of just doing it and there's no there's no point real point. Yeah. It's just like Artisan's basically getting off on this and is just in like how how far can I push the psyche of a child? Because it, it yeah, very much feels like it can learn, but it can never really develop beyond a sort of very basic understanding of yeah it. It, it's more than like a toddler or anything like that it is like just it's like you'd, pl- you'd put it if you're trying to think of it as a human around like maybe eight eight or nine maybe ten sure. like that sort that of about right that sort of place and like it can just like it learns things but then just never really grows that far from them and it's no. just sad to just see, yeah, just like the artisan, just just do it for the sake of doing it, as if like it's going to 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 really benefit anyone. Like it's yeah, and and surely like the artisan must, but as as someone who you know works on uh, the other robots must know that that's the case, and just still chooses to do it. Well, I think as the story progresses, I think the artisan's motives yeah. Yeah. Uh, sort of twist and turn, shall we say, yeah, without, without giving too yeah. much away. And kind of why why he's there and what he did evolves as the story yeah. goes on. Yeah. yeah. Again, without I don't want to give anything away, but it was, again, one of my very favourite bits. There's a very Eagles will, uh, where Eagles dare moment. Mm where the artisan fools another robot into basically giving up their like knowledge. And yeah, it was just his ace. It was such a good read. Uh, yeah. In those bits. Yeah. Very much so. It, it's interesting as well, because there, there is character development in a way, but it's not development of character. <laughs> no. That, do you know what I mean? It's like Artisan kind of does develop in that he's the one that has the most complicated development, even that, even just the fact that we slowly find out his motives and what he's up to. Yeah. The others, it's quite simple. Um, the labourer basically had a 
job that he I mean the labor is very relatable he had a job he hated and he, he drank himself to the point where he created you know ended up with gross negligence lots of people robots died um and that's why he's um been flung on the kill lock um I'm gonna say the Sarah phrase I've already said a, a more on this podcast than I've said in anywhere else in the rest of my life like the alienation of labor there we go that's the one <laughs> Literally, you see themes it's a common thing we've, we've ticked that off the tropes yeah we've got that one the wraith's got all the the past about waging a holy war and you know the death of innocence and that sort of thing but he never really he, he sort of comes to realization i suppose is the thing the unfinished child is just the child and doesn't as we've already said doesn't really become anything more because they can't become anything more because they're unfinished if they were finished maybe all this would have meant that they developed in a certain way maybe they'd have become like artisan and become a weird murdering freak but yeah it's interesting because they're they're such interesting characters but they don't sort of have the classic character development arc that you might expect it's more about how they got there and who they are that's the hook rather than what they are going to become per se i think that ties into something else i find just broadly fascinating about this book is that there's this whole robot society that we see almost nothing of yeah and yet we learn so much about that's it and it gives you all these hints i mean one of those things as you're saying there is none of these characters develop because they are built they're built to be what they are yeah. and they will always yeah. be what they are and they can't help it. Like they are but what their, but their crime, apart from the unfinished, is developing. I guess it is, yeah, is going against their progress. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the that's the thing. Like they the fact that like each of them did something that they weren't programmed for. Mm. Like that is their crime. So like because it's it's basically like just a it's a very like rigid cast system, like um, yeah. cast system that's created by what? What do they call them? The the builders, the founders, something. Yeah, builders sounds vaguely. Um, if anyone else wants to flick through the yeah, uh, the I'm book, flicking. good you, for you. you. Carry talking. on. I'll catch up. And like, we don't know really anything about them. We know that they design like that the only robot design that they are responsible for like that they personally had a hand in was that of the artisan class we know that like they seemingly like might still be involved in running the society but we don't know whether that we don't know whether they are ro- robots we don't know what like, uh, you know, we don't know whether they're like human like fleshy fleshy things organics um, organics thank you <laughs> um i couldn't think of the name of the word <laughs> so like it's yeah a really there there are there are lingering mystery of it like it that doesn't matter the system is still like cruel and wrong as much as it can be like whether they're organic or not that doesn't you know change anything about it but it's just you you just kind of can't help but want to know (laughs) 
more about the 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 world, like just and to try and understand it. Quick edit note: the forgers. The forgers. They were the original species, or whatever they were. The 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 people who created this world, these people, this situation, in a way. But we never really see the kind of the the central worlds. Like, is the are these worlds like a paradise? You know, does this? Is there any comment on whether this works or not? Yeah. And uh, is there? You know, these uh, these uh, the wraiths are these holy, as you mentioned earlier, like paladins. Yeah. And come and smite uh, heathens, but they wipe out entire worlds. So if they're wiping out worlds, then this sort of conglomerate it, of planets must be huge you know, must yeah be. and it, it seems as well like they're wiping out the worlds that start to think for themselves that's the interesting thing and like again this is what the kill lock is these I mean particularly the artisan thinks for himself because he's mm-hmm. just a selfish bastard but <laughs> the wraith started to think for himself and start to think about what he was doing the labourer didn't really think of the consequences of his actions admittedly but he started doing something because what he had to think about he couldn't cope with kind of thing so it's almost like the founders didn't want the people or the robots or the society to think because that's why we have the wraiths going over and cleansing the worlds that start to think for themselves and it's almost like that is the biggest crime you can make is to be more of an individual and think for yourself. And in a way, the unfinished, the child is the whole innocent in all of this because they haven't had the opportunity to get to the point where they could think for themselves, but they're sort of being cut off because, oh, they might because they're different or, you know, they're unfinished. There's something not quite right about them. So they have the potential. Therefore, it's a crime. Yeah, that merely the like merely the possibility of yeah. aliens, yeah, um, is like re- requires response. Yeah, and it it's interesting that Axial is is an interesting moral or lack of moral character because has this realization of you didn't tell me you had a child with you. Yeah. And yet, in that first meeting, the labour is underlining, we have an innocent with us. And Axial's like, you know, nobody's innocent. If you have the kill lot, you can't be innocent. And then yeah. it later on is like, oh, okay, child, right. Okay, maybe that does change things. Oh, God, yeah. The, the, it's an interesting sort of weird way of looking at your life's work as like, yeah, you all deserve it, but also then having regret over oh but because they literally told her that they they were literally saying we have an innocent with us and it's like no none of you are innocent it's it's a really interesting interesting way of dealing with you know creating something that basically is going to kill people i when i was reading i got into i think i discussed this with you will at comic book club about the sort of about about it as like a moral about like the kill lock as like a moral question Mm. as to whether it can be considered because the kill like when, when like because the kill lock can never be considered rehabilitative in my opinion because it never offers the choice yeah every like you aren't un, like literally unless you choose like the only choice you have is the choice to die so it's entirely coercive and 
the like and and because you can supposedly like never be free from it mm-hmm. um it never allows you the chance to to be better to be bettered by it so like when your society like where when like because it it does feel like eventually like regardless of whether this story happened or not like the story like of this this particular group happened or not that the the chickens are going to eventually come home to roost for this civilization yeah and that the kill lock is going to become like you know will be used more and more and so like when when these robots are never offered the chance to get better and never have like you know it's not a it's not a fixed sentence it's it's a, it's it's for as long as you exist well, as long as all of you exist yeah as long as, long as, as, yeah. as, long as, long as, as one of you, of you exist, as, yeah. well, as long as any of you exist, yeah. So it's, I just find it a fascinating moral quandary of a, yeah. of, a of a punishment. Yeah, it's a bit where Axial spells out a perhaps oversimplified view mm. of how it's supposed to work when she explains that all you've got to do is live well with each other. Yes, keep each other yeah. alive, and you all live. And that's that's, and that's it, that's it makes like, sense, but it's just so super uh, so oversimplified in the context of everything else that happened i find it fascinating in that it like it's supposed to teach community via this microcosm but again like it can never be fully successful because it never allows the choice like yeah no matter what you learn you you still die no matter (laughs) yeah no matter what but also like you don't have to actually learn anything you just have to continue a charade. Like, well, it's, it's fascinating. It's interesting as well, because very early on when they're explaining the kill lock to mm. the unfinished, um, who has no idea, and Artisan's like, we're going to tell the kid, okay? We're just going to say. And so the artisan says, the ones who sentenced us, they want us aberrations dead, but they don't like getting their own hands dirty. Yeah. So they just link us and then maroon us on one of these dead backwater planets so we don't trip up the wheels of their increasingly fucked up society. So the child asks, but why do they link us? And the Wraith says, because a single exile, even two, could theoretically have the discipline to commit to one path of survival and follow it or blend into a chosen world and live out a life unseen. Four yeah. cannot. So they're deliberately picking... They're like, there is no way, as we understand yeah. it, there's no way four of you could just, you know, live peaceably together. We're just waiting mm. for inevitably one of you, because it only takes one to just go a bit mental and either kill themselves <laughs> or kill one of you, and then we're done and you're all gone. And it's like four yeah. is this, this perfect number to do that with. Yeah, for just enough disagreements and differences in personality and taste. But you're still giving this veneer of, well, there's only four of you. Surely you can all get along. Yeah, like, the question is, like, how much the Axial believes it, like, like believes what it says. In the sense of, like, you know, like, because it, it says all that stuff about, like, it's, you know, being, you know, all you have to do is learn to live together and blah, blah, blah. And, like, it seems to have more noble intentions than that. But, like, Surely, when you design something like that, and you know who you're working for, you must have a sense of that. Like, and and again, like the art, we're, we're hearing that 
description of it through the through the bias of like the artisan as well but it's such a fascinating sort of like when you don't care about time scale and you just don't want to do it yourself it's such a good solution um to making sure that things die it's a really really yeah. well developed idea as well like, i mean obviously we've been talking about sort of different aspects of it but it does it just it invites so much kind of like thought and there's no discussion over this this yeah sort of bizarre penal system <laughs> yeah it is because it, clearly it, it is punishment but it, there are so many different layers to what this punishment is really about and mm. how it's all decided and yeah it's it's just very it's a very clever little concept and it's really well explored because that's the hook of the book plot wise and it never you never drop that hook you're on that hook the whole time the entire way through because there is this always ever present thing that yeah if one of them dies then they're all gonna die so there's always this ever-present threat of what is going to happen to these characters because it's not going to take much and we see that the laborer and the wraith hate the artisan because you would because he's <laughs> he's just yeah. the worst. Um, the child doesn't really comprehend these things. Um, but yeah, all the way through, you're like, are they actually going to turn on each other? Are they going to face something that's going to wipe them out? There is there is tension, and there is always that question of what's going to happen to them right from the get go, because we open with them basically explaining what the kill lock is to the unfinished the child um and then we get the reveal of what happened before and why they ended up with the kill lock and that's that's nice to have that reveal but yeah right from the get-go you're like okay so these robots are linked together if something happens one dies they all die and you're going through the entire book with that knowledge and it just doesn't let up tension wise and sort of plot wise and it's it's just really really good Absolutely. I think it's incredibly well paced. Um, A lot of what you said there, Angela, is that you get the central plot, you get all of their kind of backstories about why they've ended up there. You get all of these hints about the society and everything that we've that we've talked about all in five issues. And it's so well paced, so well rounded to give you a full story in five issues, lesser tales in like twice as many issues. Yeah, it it feels like it doesn't feel like just five issues, and I mean that in the best way. It feels like a proper. I don't even think you'd need issues. I think it reads really well as just a single a single trade. Yeah, just yeah. as a Agreed. a graphic novel, as the kids call them, I believe. Oh, an OGN. <laughs> yes. Organ. An organ. Yes. This is a very good organ. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just reads so well. It's the, the there's nothing that there's nothing that I can pick up as a weakness in it really, because mm-hmm. the art's good and the characters are good and the writing's good, and even though the story goes to a place that in a way I didn't want it to go, it feels like perfectly fitting that it goes there, and I don't mind that. Even if, you know, I have specific wants for these characters, but my wants don't matter because the story <laughs> actually actually tells itself in an honest and true way. And the ending is the ending that these characters were always going to have. And, you, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like that, even though, you know, I'd love them to 
spoilers live happily ever after in the woods but that doesn't happen i'm not going to say what does happen but they don't live happily ever after in the woods it's a perfect ending in as much that it feels like an ending you know i don't feel like any strings have been left strings isn't the analogy i wanted is it right threads thank you no threads have been left thank you um but it leaves it you know open for the potential of a sequel and i think it sort of it gets the best of both worlds i genuinely wouldn't need a sequel like a direct sequel to this i almost no. don't want a direct sequel but like i said i wouldn't mind a little bit more in this setting yeah um, i th- i think you could have like other stories set in this universe that would work well i could see this as a trilogy the second book then is set in the like central worlds of the higher ups making the decisions the third book is when the two tie together um so yeah it would be nice to see i mean i would also like to see artisan the early years (laughs) (laughs) the early years of murdering i just because yeah just little one shots four one shots just giving you mind you there's what more is there to the unfinished life he wakes up he's in the kill lock (laughs) pretty (laughs) much yeah maybe one shots for the others a bunch of one shots just taking place within this universe. Mm. Yeah, they have nothing to do with these characters. Maybe like, maybe it's a, maybe characters who they've intersected with, like in their at some point in their lives they um, came across or something that. Have, but just to yeah, I I just like to know a, like to directly know a little bit more about this universe like to just have a better kind of like there's there's so many interesting little hints dropped you know and 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 questions like and just i i i want to sort of see more of the rot that this society is like because this society is rotten it's rotting it's going to collapse because it's you know it, it's 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 rotting and it's trying to burn away the rot and all that does is make more people like you know that all, all that does is 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 is, is spread it like mm-hmm. it's yeah Ugh. well it's like i think even the axial says at one point something like I can't remember who says it. It might be the accident. It might not be, but that the, they've turned now on the children, and that's that's the sign of a desperate society. That now you know we've tried to wipe out all the deviants, and now we're just even wiping out the potential for deviancy. We've got to the point where we're literally sentencing children to death. Yeah, when it's gotten to the point of pre-crime. Yeah. yeah. Ex- <laughs> yes, exactly. When we're at the pre-crime point. So, yeah, it does feel like it's sort of rotten from the inside out. But it's like, how did we get there? And, you know, we all know it's not going to end well. But how did that society get to the point where they were quite willing to sacrifice children whose only crime was to not be finished? Quite. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to get a bit more. But I think, as we've all said, it's such a well-contained package that if that's all there ever is, that's fine. I'll quite happily reread this and get yeah. more out of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I find, I mean, I've read it several times to the point where my trade's falling apart. Um, I blame IDW, can I just say, make your trades better glue in your trades, please. Just put better glue in trades. Um, But every time I read it, there's some different aspect that I get fascinated by, and that's the sign of a good book, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's There's a panel in this uh in this in the kill lock i forgot the name of the book for a second there um that reminds me very heavily like feels like an and like a homage to um to pluto um i really like if you like and it's the it's to do with the um to do with the unfinished and i it's i i think it'd be page 118 um it's my problem with paper paper trades is they don't give me page numbers ah sorry i have to count um, <laughs> i could be here a while well it's to do with the um uh, it's got the unfinished down against the wall and it reminds me massively of like uh when uh Gesicht, uh goes to visit like the first robot to ever kill a like to ever kill humans oh um, yeah yeah, it just kind of reminds me of it. Just this robot. I, I, I'm just. It's the only one I've tried. I'm caring about spoilers, so I'm trying to avoid describing the panel. But I guess I've already done that. If people have read Pluto, if you've read Pluto, you'll know exactly what Matt's talking about. So that's unfortunate. Um, but still read the Kill Lock <laughs> because it's a very good book. And yep. there are more surprises to be had. Just because it's a very good book about very you. interesting robots. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Have, have you got a favourite bit, Will? Just while we're on. Favourite bit. Favourite I mean, bit that made spoilery or not. Yeah, like it. <laughs> I think I mentioned my like my very favourite bit is uh, I'll just call it artisan's kind of victory moment. Yeah. That he has later on. I think that whole bit where he just he just sort of plays this other character like a fiddle, and then reveals his sort of grand scheme, and it's uh, it is a beautiful moment. It's that pretty be- wonderful. That I mean, beautiful bastard robot. <laughs> there are a lot of interactions, quite small moments between the unfinished and the wraith that I like a lot. There's a point where they're talking about what happens when they get the cure, what they're going to do afterwards, and the Wraith just says, you can travel the galaxy with me. And I kind Aww. of think, like, that yeah. that seems very sweet. And their their sort of relationship is is really nice, and a lot of their kind of little moments together mm. uh, are really good. There is a point where uh, Artisan goes back to speak to Axial after the labourer has tried. Yeah. And, and it felt like the moment out of... Um, True Detectives, the first series of that, mm. where like uh, Woody Harrelson goes in to speak to these people, like a mechanics, and they don't give him anything. And uh, Matthew McConaughey goes in and just hits the first one with like a toolbox, <laughs> and that comes out like <laughs> comes out with all the answers. And it yeah. just felt like it just felt like that kind of uh, that aspect of the artisan goes back in with his his devil tongue, and then comes out with all of the detail. Yeah. That, was a, that was a cool scene as well. Yeah, like I, I do love that moment. That like it's just the artisan is bad, is just 
bad enough that it gets past uh, Axial's reservations. Yeah. As it's just like the laborer, like she doesn't believe, she doesn't like, just but she also doesn't condemn any more than his. And it's just like, oh, you are such a piece of shit. Yeah. That, like I no longer care. Like, I, I hate you so much. That like I'm willing to condemn this person I wasn't previously willing to condemn. It's oh, it's great. One of my like to just jump on to to mine for just a second. Like one of my favorite. We were going there. I figured, but I just still felt the need to apologize because I over apologize. Is just there's one of the few humanizing moments with the artisan. Um, and is like a is is like a, a a bonding moment with the laborer, where they bond over like a just just a job that like they were both part of different stages of. Like it's they they've they've had a fight by this point. They've like the laborer has just kicked the shit out of the art as of the artisan. <laughs> yep. But like the 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 the, the laborer is just. Is with them and and they talk about like a, a damaged part and like the laborer is saying like he damaged it years ago carrying like rock um, to help build a statue and like a very specific statue and the artisan you know realizes that that it designed that statue and was actually impressed by like the the manufacturing like the 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 the, the people who built it. Like that, it came so close to what what the artisan pictured and everything, and they just like the laborer recognizes how difficult it must be, like given its understanding of the artisan, how difficult even to ad- admit that much that coming that close to a compliment must be for it, and is like it it's really in like it's a kind of endearing moment and it's the closest that the artisan ever gets to one but it's a very good little little scene because it's a context whereby i can see the artisan relating to someone is purely through its own work still through his own ego isn't it exactly (laughs) exactly because it doesn't it, it still talks about like the quality like that, that like the it still describes like the mindless um, goons like who who followed its design, but it's really like yeah it, it it's and and yeah like you say it's still all within the context of work and within the context of purpose, and it's still just like you did your purpose very well, it's great and still like fits the all of these themes. That would be one of mine. Also, 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 I just remembered when the unfinished when the unfinished gets its arm stolen. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the bit. <laughs> I think the bit, the, the end to that when the wraith has sort of solved that problem and asks about another arm. Some might say, um, like you know, where do you want to put this? And uh, the it's just the way that the wraith throws it up onto a yep. roof and goes inspired. <laughs> <laughs> like he's got a little bit of, of stuff in there as well 
But I think anything involving the artisan is probably my favourite. There's a bit about the cloaks where he's like, why did we think cloaks were going to work? Um, like, and the race the, as big as a house. Yeah, because <laughs> the, the race and the artisan are not common robots that end up with, they're not common robots generally. And um, yeah, you to would have them kill locked is even. Yeah. yeah. So they have to disguise themselves, but all they're using is cloaks. So it doesn't really work. And Artisan sort of has a snarky comment about that. There is a bit, I'm not going to spoil it too much, but there's a bit where Artisan meets another robot and basically the exclamation um, is, oh, fuck me. And it's just that just that single moment of realisation. To say more would spoiler it, but that was really good. But yeah, I completely like the cloaks comment, like... Gonna work. Too much of a spoiler to mention the the response, which is simply "fuck me" indeed. <laughs> I don't think that's a spoiler. It's really good. Like, that whole that whole meeting just that it's is really nice. Turn it's that point really, isn't it, where it turns the whole thing on its head? Yeah. And uh, oh god, yeah, great, great stuff. Yeah, I think that helps because the artisan, although he is a he is awful like there is no real redeeming quality to the dude um also has this really snarky sort of sideline in in comments and a lot of the humor there's it's dark humor don't get me wrong it's pretty darn dark at some points um but it's nice to sort of have that running through because it is it is a dark moral tale but at the same time you've got this magnificent bastard just you know snarking his way through quite a lot of it so in conclusion really in good book yep. everyone should read in i'm assuming kill lock am good book absolutely <laughs> for something which is at like five issues and done it's so little commitment it's a really great story and one i think people would come back to um it's another really great example of what happens when one or in this case one but sometimes like multiple creators a given time to kind of perfect their work and it's not you know it's not part of the monthly kind of grind and um it's just absolute top quality and it, it's a work that stands yeah. on its own it's also just good that it's a, just a, a, a limited series it does exactly what it needs to do in like say five issues and it tells its story yeah Never it's planned. a film rather than a TV series. Yeah, never planned to yeah. any longer. Like at least after, it wasn't cancelled. I should say more than like that. Like, you know, which it, is it, also a relief. Yes, and it wasn't one of those books that was intended to be like twelve issues and got reduced to three. Well, I'm not pushing for a world where comic books are just storyboards for films. Please I don't. Could, I could see this being adapted quite well. Yeah. I thought that. I thought this is a really good animated because I think you'd have to do it yeah, animated. The, the, the CGI budget would be. But silly. like, yeah, but proper animated, not not like CGI animated either, but like proper animated <laughs> with drawings. Yeah, hand, hand drawn. Yeah. Well, digital drawings would do, but you know what I mean. Don't make it look three D because I don't think. Yeah, but anyway. So IDW, if you're selling the film rights, do keep that in mind, won't you? Yeah, do keep in mind that Angela apparently wants to try and produce a film. Yeah, um, I'm I do happy think, to come on board. I do think we should probably just say something nice about the uh, about the lettering. 
um, before yes. we finish. Um, ah, yeah, surprised that yeah. you didn't you didn't get on it. Oh, it's not like me. I'm not that familiar with um, Tom B. Long's lettering. Um, I would be excited to see more from him. And yes, I will check out a comic if I like the letterer. I can name about a dozen comics straight off the bat that I've done purely because of who's doing the lettering. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, lettering, excellent. Particularly the fact you've got... Because they're robots, but often when we have robots in the context with organics, you'll make them look robotic, which works for that. But here, they're not, they are the people populating this book. So it's quite natural, normal, if you will, um, except for the wraith, which is like really, you've yeah. got sort of the wraith, oldie worldy, and. Like um, the scroll you, work. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like. You've got the um, the like the the big dumb leviathans who have like a weirdy sort of I, I don't know what that I'd describe. It's almost like a cross between the oldie worldy scrolly wraith stuff and normal words, mm. <laughs> like okay. in between the two. Yeah, and then yeah. you've also got the sort of more classic. Like when there's communication, it, it ends up being a little bit sort of squarer. Um, and there's even a little bit um, where I think, are they drunk ones in the bar early on? There's some slight different like subtle changes to the lettering there with those characters. Um, and also the kill lock um, when they're pronouncing the sentence. That's, again, that's different. Yeah. That's slightly more robotic mm -hmm. shall we say in the way that it's done so yeah i like all the lettering choices angela's thoughts on lettering <laughs> carry on i really do appreciate something that you two point out which is like say the whole like that they're they are all robots so we don't get the generic sort of electricy looking robot yeah um, because that wouldn't distinguish anything like like it would in another book like every yeah it's the closest a lot of the time to quite a simple quite a quite a simple sort of font and then yeah you just have those those moments of of a, of, of a little more and one or two sort of character fonts like you say sorry go on will no i pretty much just agreeing agreeing uh, across the board there i think the lettering's excellent and does give certain characters different voices um I know what you mean about the, the most characters have what I would consider to be a normal comic voice yeah. <laughs> in as much that it's it's fairly straightforward. I think it's a good job, like perhaps something which is never commented on because when it works well, it isn't noticed. But the speech bubbles are never intrusive. You kind of forget yeah. that they're part of the image. And sometimes I've seen other works where obviously the letterer and the artist are probably working uh, apart. And they're just trying to fit text in around art that doesn't quite go. And you just wonder, well, what's under that speech? <laughs> you know, what bit of art am I missing? Yeah. And in this, you, you forget that you're reading it. It feels like the characters are talking out of the panel yeah. because it's, it's just so well-placed and well-sized and they're little, they're more design choices than they are kind of artistic ones, but they're, but they're great again. That's that's what I say is the hallmark of good lettering, where it just seems like the characters are talking. That's that's 
for me that's the that's what it should be doing and it does it very well yeah i think in combination with the great character yeah. work and everything like you just you buy into these as as yeah. real real things <laughs> i was gonna say real people people but... they are real people robots they all live are people in my head. too yeah robots are people too <laughs> Real AI rights, the sentient rights, yes. <laughs> yeah, it all works together to be superb. I have lots more I want to say about this book, but it all involves kind of spoiling the twist and going into sort of just like much, much longer and deeper discussions than I think this yes. podcast has time for mm. without, without, yeah. the end, without the context of the ending. Um, yeah but yeah thank you so much angela genuinely for getting us to read this it was yeah. a really unexpected surprise not that not because it came from me but just because the <laughs> the the sort of i i didn't know what to expect exactly like because you described it to me and i i i thought it sounded interesting and i thought i, I was going to probably enjoy it but the you did a you did a good job of describing it in the sense that like I didn't ex I, I I I didn't really know exactly where it was going. I didn't sort of have like I it, I I I had enough of a sense of what I was going to get out of it without ever really sort of n knowing the exact sort of specifications. So like I would recommend going into this book as blind as it's possible to having her yeah. us discuss this. It's yeah. not that the twist is like groundbreaking or anything. It's really not, but it's best enjoyed mm, in the moment. Yeah. In the moment. It is. The, and then reread with the knowledge. Yeah. But it's best to experience it both ways. So yeah, no, thank you. Um, please just force feed me more books. Oh, there's a temptation. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got I've got books I can fling um, in everyone's and I'll, direction. And I'll 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 return the favour. <laughs> we expect nothing else. Um, so that, unless we have anything more to say other than the Killock is a good book, you should all go read it now. See. Yeah. Um, that is us done then. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me, Will and Matt, to discuss yeah. this book that I foisted upon you. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, before you go, we should mention to everyone um, that yes, we are like the the four of us on the podcast are in a kill lock. Um, <laughs> Zach um, Zach is currently locked up in a safe to make sure that like nothing happens <laughs> to him, so we all can stay alive. We yeah. didn't drill any. Ho we we made sure not to drill any holes in it, so that nothing could get in to hurt him. Yeah. And like he doesn't need to breathe, does he? Anyway. Oh, I thought so. But, no. So. Are anybody oh, else's Will, eyes hot? Well, I was going to say you just. <laughs> like, is that? Are your eyes getting a bit red? My eyes are starting to get warm. So he'd better sign <laughs> off pretty quick, <laughs> uh, so you can go and get that scene too. Yeah. So thank you for joining us, everyone. That was the Kill Lock. We recommend you go read it. Yep. Um, and remember that comics and robots are <laughs> bigger than, bigger than, than capes. capes.